Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the From the Shadows podcast. I am the producer, Jason Lewis. I would like to thank you for tuning in to the From the Shadows podcast. And without further ado, here is your host, Shane Grove. Welcome everyone to the From the Shadows podcast. This is your host, Shane Grove. And uh, with me introducing this episode is the super producer, Jason. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And... And believe me, this is a real treat. We are also joined by the never seen and seldom heard, the Ozark Howler. You're going to say hi? Yeah, what's up? Well, you know, I was going to howl. I was working on my howl, and then I just chickened out at the last minute. (laughs) Uh, There you go. This this episode, we got to talk to to a, a guy, an author. His name is Sean Seba. Now, his last name is spelled S E E B A C H, but it's pronounced Seba. Uh, he is an author of a uh, of a great book called uh, Autumn Dark, and another really spooky, cool book called uh, uh, The Pig Man, which uh, we touch we touch on a little bit here in the episode. Uh, but he's from a small town in Ohio. Don't ask me to. Uh, tell you what the name of that town is because it I, I didn't even didn't even recognize it but uh he had an ex, he had a really creepy horrifying experience back in the uh in the 90s during that uh, satanic panic stage um and that story was featured on a show that i believe was on the travel channel called evil encounters um so he this is uh, this is a pretty cool episode talking about something that probably the majority of our listeners lived through if you lived in a small town somewhere in rural America. Um, the whole uh, everybody getting into the devil worshiping and, uh, and the stuff. And um, how are you? Uh, you're an experienced lawman out in the middle of nowhere. How uh, what do you remember about the satanic panic back in those days? Well, you know, it was. You know, I grew up out here in the Ozarks. It's they don't call it the Bible Belt for nothing, you know. And uh, we had two kinds of people back then. Where I when I grew up, Catholics and Protestants. There wasn't a whole lot of room for the uh, satanic cult, but there was an old rendering plant, you know, like a horse rendering plant, animal rendering plant, glue factory. Oh, yeah. They call it, you know. Yeah. And I don't ever remember it being open. By the time I was a cop, it was all the windows had been smashed down. It's full of graffiti. And that was the rumor where, you know, it had all those, uh, you know, those symbols. And, yeah. and whoever was doing the graffiti would paint those as symbols so you could see it from the from the street side or from the road side, you know. But and sometimes you would get, you'd get a call. It, it, if somebody was down there, they would all call. Somebody, the neighbors would call 
dispatch and they'd send you down there, you know, for, to run them off or whatever. And, and that's about what you did. Usually when you showed up in a cop car, they ran away. You didn't have to deal with them. And I didn't chase them because you, you, you don't, they had a screw loose. I'm going to be honest with you. If you think about them, especially if you're older, you know, I, I know Christianity is kind of fading out here, but, 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 you know, it's one thing to say, I'm going to rebel and smoke cigarettes or I'm going to get an earring or I'm going to do something else. But to say, I'm going to put some, some devil stuff on a mural so everybody can see it. Now you just offended, you know, two thirds of the population. Okay. Whether that be Christian, Hindu, Sikh, you just infuriated, you know, uh, uh, two thirds of the population and somewhere down their lineage, you know, if you did a ancestry or whatever, there's a crusader, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, up until a couple hundred years ago, that behavior would have been extinguished on the spot. <laughs> but unfortunately, the world has has allowed it to take 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 heart and or to, you know to kind of take take root. But a lot of those people, I think, are just there to just you know their kids acting out. But if you run into a true devil worshiper, let's say, I mean, you got to be on your game because. That's unpredictable, man. That that person is completely unpredictable. Yeah. Well, that uh, that kind of leads back into this story that Sean tells us because uh, is really uh, and it's not so much just what they encountered back there at the old abandoned uh, Girl Scout camp. It's it's kind of what happened at a little bit afterwards when he got back to town and uh, just kind of looking around and seeing. So which guy was it that was out there in the in the robe carrying the torch doing the chin? So so that uh, everything you just said, Howler, that kind of plays right into it. It's uh, I think uh, not that they're not uh, earnest in what they believe in. I mean, if you're earnest enough to go out and light a fire and beat on drums and try to conjure up the devil, <clears throat> you must be pretty committed. Now, you know, but I'm going to go to their defense. I'm going to defend the occult real quick here. Okay. All right. Because I don't know how long ago it was that he bumped into these people. But just like we had our previous conversation about, back before the internet and cell phones made dating easy, sometimes you had to partake in some weird stuff because that's what the girls were doing. Oh. <laughs> so some of those dudes might have just been there. Just to pick up chicks? Yeah, or, yeah, maybe they're their their uh, significant other or maybe the chick that they're trying to impress was there and 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 you know and i have to double defend those kind of guys okay because <laughs> now this is gonna sound bad i don't even know if i should say it i'm not even gonna say it I'm not even gonna halt because i was what I, what I wanted to say was you know if if, if it's a chick at an occult meeting She's probably going to have significant skill sets that are not displayed <laughs> with other groups of females of that age. You know okay, what I'm saying? Okay, well, well, we'll just leave that. We'll just leave that one there to the imagination of our listeners. And then, uh, as, you, as you listen to this episode, I am now now that the Howlers brought that point up. I'm I'm going to wonder because I know 
I know Sean will be listening to this and his friends. Did those guys really go out there to impress some chicks? Or uh, were there girls out there they were interested in and they got they got rebuffed, just like in the old days? Take heed. It. Take yeah, heed. Pearls <laughs> of wisdom from the yep. Ozark Growler. Yep. So with that in mind, uh, enjoy this episode. Welcome, everybody, to the From the Shadows podcast. Uh, we are here this morning with, uh, and he regained his title back after a little glitch, Super Producer Jason. How's it going, everybody? Uh, uh, the best-looking member of the group, Jerry. Howdy, everyone. <laughs> we have Alyssa here. She was she was expecting to say hi after I said the best-looking member. I was. Yes, she was. But, but good morning. <laughs> and then, under the weather, we have the judge. How are you doing morning. this morning, judge? I'm hanging in there. I'm soldiering on. Hanging in there. Um, we have a we have a little fly on the wall. We have Alyssa's mom over here. She brought donuts, so we're go- we'll give her a shout out. How you doing? I'm good. You're good. All right. Thanks for the donuts, by the way. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So joining joining us uh, this morning for the podcast is uh, TV star. Can we call you a TV star, Sean? You can, but I don't know how accurate that is. Okay. Well, we don't pride ourselves on being very accurate anyway so tv star uh author uh and ohio boy sean seabaugh did i get that right yeah you nailed it thank you thank you i'm, I'm known for butchering names so you've already called alicia yeah. Alyssa twice have i really yes well i wouldn't even have known if you hadn't told me thanks for ruining my morning you're welcome <laughs> so, so alicia <laughs> Uh, I, oh so, my so, Sean, uh, welcome this morning. We're glad to have you on. Um, you uh, you have an interesting story that uh, then got turned into an episode on the TV show Evil Encounters. So, uh, uh, you want to just jump right in and tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and then how this story came, uh, came to be. Sure. Well, I'm... Uh... I, I grew up in a small town with one traffic light called uh, Lithopolis here in Ohio. And uh, there wasn't really much to do. We have a, a gorgeous library there named uh, the Widenells Memorial Library and a playground where the elementary school is. And uh, those are really the only two places where um, that would really serve as any type of entertainment aside from Sega Genesis or Super Nintendo, which I guess I'm dating myself when I say that. That's way better than me telling you about my Atari 2600. Or my, <laughs> my tech, or my Tele- Coleco uh, handheld football game. All I had was Pong. 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 <laughs> oh. Now, where, where, for, for all of our Ohio listeners, because we have a ton, where exactly is your uh, hometown? Because I've never, I'd never heard of it, I, and I still don't. And I wouldn't even try the name because I just ended up saying Alicia. It's uh, it's uh, in between Canal Winchester and Lancaster. That's kind of the best way okay. that I can describe it. I'm not good with north, south, east, or west. So I I think it might be uh, ugh, north, uh, east. It's probably more southeast between Canal and Lancaster. Okay. So either way, it's out there in the middle of 
middle of nowhere. I'm familiar yeah, well, with the yeah, Lancaster especially area. back then. Canal especially Fulton before the, the big area. boom in the 90s when they started building. So. Okay. Okay, so yeah. basically, you're out here in the small town, other than your Sega Genesis in Madden 92. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're at the playground, there's one stoplight, you got the library. So, so... Uh, so so yeah so basically everybody congregated at the playground and played basketball so you know you rode your bike you played basketball or you read books um or you played video games so you know i I was i don't know maybe i was 13 12 or 13 me and a group of of, uh, my my uh, friends and we go there and watch all the older kids uh play ball you know slam dunk all all that stuff. And, uh, and they, they used to tell us stories about these devil worshipers being back in the woods behind the elementary school. And they described them as, uh, all their bloodthirsty man. And they're on four wheelers. We were back there on our bikes and, uh, we, we, we found a trail back there and we heard them fire up their four wheelers and they came chasing after us. And then we went back there again and we saw, you know, a statue of the Virgin Mary with, uh, with a deer head on it. And then we found the body a, a little ways away from that with forks and knives stuck in it, stuff like that. But they were adamant about it being real. Um, and I don't know, I guess that just kind of percolated in my brain for a long time. And we would go to uh, the video store uh, on the weekends and rent scary movies and stuff. And I don't know, I guess that, the the idea of there being something uh, creepy and evil within a stone throw of my house, I just decided, uh, I, I don't know, I, I guess it just stayed there and stayed there and built up and built up, and I just started bugging my friends about going out there one night to check it out. So you're the instigator then? I think so, yeah. All right, well, as long as we've established that. <laughs> but in my defense, I think in every horror movie, typically the instigators, usually the last one to survive, or close to it. Oh, so. I see. So you're just trying to get a leg up on it everybody follows else. the formula. It follows the formula. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Judge, would that would that fly in the in the courtroom, uh, saying the the I was the instigator defense, where I well, just wanted to be the, the last one standing? This is, there's something in Ohio called complicity. So even though you may not actually rob the bank, if you're along for the ride, you're just as guilty. You are complicit. <laughs> or even in the planning. So now we've established that Sean is complicit in, in this every aspect of this story that is going to happen. So how far from your house was this location? Oh, my gosh. One, two, three, four. It's about five houses down. That's it. From the actual... From the playground. From the now, playground. the okay. forest was really deep. So the the actual elementary school, I walked to school, and I could walk there in like, I don't know, a minute. To make it, I, I don't know, like, like, like I said before, I'm not very good with distance, but if I was on my front porch and there were people playing basketball at the playground, I could hear the ball bouncing. Okay. So in other so, words, you're hearing these stories about something going on in the woods where it's a stone's throw away, literally, from your house. Yeah. Okay. The, the actual entrance that we um, that we used to get into the woods um, was not a stone throw away. But okay. the actual, like, edge of the woods uh, on, on that part of, of the forest um, is where uh, 
is is where I lived closest okay. to. That doesn't make any sense, but yeah. I, I I can picture I can picture kind of what you're saying. Like uh, the woods was massive, and the actual entrance was maybe miles and miles away on the other side of the, uh, you know section you know yeah about a mile I, yeah. I i drove it a couple weeks ago and i guess when i was younger it seemed much further away but it's only about a mile oh geez okay all right so so when did you get the, the bright idea then that you and your buddies should uh be brave and venture on back uh, it was night. I think it was September thirteenth, nineteen ninety six. Actually, um, it was a Friday the thirteenth. I'm pretty sure it was a full moon, and I think it was all those things that you saw in a horror that you saw in a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Maybe we should it's... make a checklist and put it up on the uh, on the website for all the things not. Not to, to do. Not to do. Okay. All right. Go Don't ahead. worry. We did almost all of them, which you're about to find out. Okay. It gets better. Right. So we, uh, so with all those things aligned, um, we're, you know, me, my friends and I are, uh, you know, 15, 16 coming of age, um, you know, played NBA jam for the 500th time. And I guess, uh, we just, we, we got a crew together. It was me. Me, Justin, Carl, Jerry, and Joey. There was five of us. And we pulled the old, uh, hey, we're going to stay the night at so-and-so's house. And uh, uh, we, we had one friend who had his license. Uh, he drove. He drove a hatchback. And um, Wait, so I remember Judge, we, are you telling one of our New Year's Eve stories? <laughs> <laughs> Where, that's how all of our New Year's Eve st- stories started. <laughs> They all climbed into a hatch. Yeah, that's about, that's about right. I haven't got to those episodes yet, but I will. Oh, I need to. Okay. Um, yeah, so so we all climbed in and we drove around and, you know, psyched ourselves up. And we went to the McDonald's in Canal Winchester that they had just built. They were just uh, there on uh, uh, Gender Road. And, uh, you know, we ate and got, got our courage up and went and bought a disposable camera. This is at a time when uh, pagers were at their peak. Uh, the smartphone was yet to be invented or popularized. I'm not quite sure if they were even invented. They yet. were, uh, being much older than you, they were not invented yet. They, they, <laughs> we, 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 there, there were a few cell phones that we had spotted, but they were like the Zach Morris Say by the Bell cell phones, the big gray ones. Yeah, that you carried around but, in a bag. Yep, <laughs> pretty much. Phone. So uh, so we got the disposable camera with the flash, and uh, we drove around um, 674 and uh, psych- psyched ourselves up and uh, drove back there. Uh, but I got a backpedal. So before we all got into the hatchback, me and my buddy went back there on our bikes. So... This is off of Smith Road. So you go down Smith Road. It's not really a country road anymore because of all the building they've done. But uh, you make a left off of a not-so-hidden drive, but it's just like a gravel path. And there's about one, two, three. At the time, there were like four or five homes in between Smith Road and the entrance to the woods. Um, some of them were a little closer to the gravel path than the others. I think there was four of them. 
and uh, so we we travel down this gravel path and we hit the entrance to the woods and there are two big wooden posts on either side and a big metal fence with plain as day a sign that says no trespassing so you so, can so you can read right you can read yes. this all right just check all right. And, and we uh so we unlatch the uh gate because you know that's the smart thing to do and we open the gate and we rode our bikes back there and we rode it all the way to the back now when you first enter so there's like some trees and then there's big open fields on both sides of this gravel path and then uh that's when the forest like kind of closes in and this path is lined with trees and their branches intertwine at the top and create this really cool like nature tunnel so when when does the spooky music start playing is at what point when you're driving back there does the ominous organ start playing and playing in the distance i think when we get to the field because <laughs> like it's dead quiet except for maybe maybe some cicadas maybe um but it's really quiet and to me a setting like that when you're pretty sure you're the only two people in an area such as, uh, you, you know, a forest and, and it's daylight. That's more frightening to me almost than the nighttime because of a movie called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think that makes that movie so, so effective is that that happens in the daytime. Well, yeah, I was and just going to tell things you. Things aren't supposed to happen in the daytime. Right, know? right. I'm almost certain you were not the only ones back there at that point, probably. <laughs> Pro- probably not. There was probably some prepping going on that we weren't aware of. So we, uh, so we rode our bikes all the way to the back, and we had heard that there was a house back there, but the house was abandoned. And we rode down the gravel trail, and uh, every so often you would see like another little trail that would open up to another clearing in the forest. And in that area were cabins. Um, they had cabins spread out, um, a big mess hall. Um, and the, the, so the first road that, um, that you can turn right at, um, well, it's not really a road, it's a clearing. That's where the mess hall is. And I know that there were two cabins back there. Um, and I think there were a few more, uh, scattered about. So anyway, we go, we take this path all the way down to the end and sure enough, we see the house and the house the windows are busted out. There's a hole in the roof. The planks on the front porch are busted in. I mean, it's been abandoned. Nobody lives there. There's some spray paint, I think, on the outside. Uh, There's probably some vul- vulgarities. Um, I really can't remember. But uh, we confirm that nobody lives in the house. And we rode, rode our bikes back. Um, and then, so there, there was like this huge pothole though at the entrance. So my 15 year old mind decided that what we would do is put a stick over that and it was filled with muddy water. And if anybody drove back there after me and my friend had just quote scouted the place out, um, they would have to drive over that stick. So if the stick was busted, we would know that there were people back there once we got back there at night. I got to stop you right here. Yeah, that is a super smart thing 
for a 15, 16-year-old kid to do. Oh, why, thank okay? you. Okay. Why, thank you. Thank you very but much. But it just totally is dwarfed by all the other dumb things you guys did. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. That's like a, that's like, it's a you paradox. You sounds like? Have you seen the Blair Witch movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a sign of like the Blair Witch thing going on. It yeah. being a house in the middle of the woods. So, so the cabin in the mess hall, was, was there actually something back there at one time that was, um, a, you know, occupied? That was Old a, Boy Scout camp or something. Yeah, well, well, yeah, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was an old Girl Scout camp. I should probably... Uh, probably okay, see, that. now there. Okay. <laughs> now a girl, it's making sense. A Girl Scout camp, a couple of young guys on bikes. I totally get it, all right? <laughs> but maybe if it, there's Girl Scouts there. Yeah, but Girl Scouts are usually like 18-year-old girls. But they're 15-year-old. Dude, I remember when you were 15. Oh, okay? no, you do not. Yes, I do. <laughs> okay, go ahead before we this turns into a whole other podcast. No, no, you guys are good. Uh so thank you for that, though. That gives a lot of clarity to the story. So we, um, all right, so the day goes on, blah, blah, blah. We, we shoot hoops, and we get in the hatchback, go to McDonald's. All right, so night has fallen. I don't know what time it was, maybe around 9 o'clock. And uh, we pull back there, kill the headlights, and... Um, Got it. I almost sound, sounded like the beginning of a Beck song. Uh, killed the headlights, put it in neutral. No. And uh, we got out, opened up the gate, and sure enough, the uh, the stick was broke. And the, the dry, dirty road was uh, uh, muddy from the uh, pothole. So we knew somebody had driven back there since we'd been back there. Now, why anybody would go back there... I'm not too hip on hunting. Um, I'm not quite sure when hunting season is. Maybe it is in September, but it never occurred to us that it could have been hunters. Um, so that's when the nerves start to. Well, of to, course, uh, well, of course, you guys were back. Nuts. You guys went back there because you were up to no good. Why would you just <laughs> assume that anybody else that was back there was up to no good? <laughs> right, right. We're all in this together. So. Yeah. Uh, so we pull over to the side and we pop the trunk and I think I had, I don't know, we're like passing out weapons. I think I had a tire iron <laughs> in case my buddy got a flat. Somebody picked up a big rock. Somebody picked up a stick. Uh, we were all athletic. So I think somebody had a baseball bat um, and, and I had the camera. So our whole goal was just. So you were the fastest guy. Because you had oh, the camera, because no. you had the camera. <laughs> I was wheel. the slowest guy. Oh, I was the slowest guy. Well, I mean, I, being the ringleader, I hate to tell you that this is not turning out good. If you don't have the weapon and you're the slowest guy, <laughs> right? The fastest right. guy should have the camera. I just risk my life, take snap the pictures, and throw it as far as I can. I hope you guys picked it. <laughs> so, so I, so our plan was to just kind of sneak through the brush and just snap pictures, and. Um, so we're coming up on the trail, or I'm sorry, we're on the trail. We're coming up to where the trees begin, where the trees start to line the uh, path. And that's, and so, so we're all like crouched low, right? And we're, and we're uh, uh, inching our way towards it. And we start to smell smoke. And then we start to see smoke piling out of that first clearing that I talked about earlier, where the mess hall is. 
And as we get closer, we start to hear uh, tribal drums. And then a, we start to hear a woman moaning, screaming, moaning, pleasure, pain, couldn't tell, too young, I guess, to tell. <laughs> um, and uh, that's when we saw around that. So we're all like looking at each other, kind of like, holy crap, what's going on? So we creep up, creep up. The group to the left crosses over the dirt trail. And we start to head toward the, the brush and we see a flame, I don't know, maybe six or seven feet high off the ground, go across the path. We're like, holy crap. So we all get down low and we focus on it. And it's someone holding a torch. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. And so we, we get a little bit closer and they spot us. And they run toward the clearing from the opposite side of the trail, and they're wearing a cloak. Did you start taking pictures? No. Oh. <laughs> I was too scared. Oh, for God's sake. When you say they're wearing cloaks, I mean... Yeah, like, okay, like, like a dark hood with, like, mm -hmm. a robe. Uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Have you ever seen that movie? Yes. So like, like that. that traditional Palpatine kind of uh, using another yeah. euphemism, that Palpatine kind of cook. <laughs> yeah. Please tell me you got the heck out of there. That's it. We oh we 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 did, um, but we went back. Oh God. So, so you ran. So you ran, and then you doubled back. Is that what you did? Yeah. So I think. We all started running, man. It was it, it was nuts. Uh, the adrenaline carried us to the car pretty fast. We all piled in the car, and I was the the smallest one out of the five, so I just clambered back into the hatchback. The no smallest and belt. the slowest. Oh <laughs> the my slowest. god, man! You're, you, this is just a recipe for disaster. Okay, so See, the, so you the, just called me a genius like five minutes ago. I know it's really starting <laughs> to change. My opinion's really starting to change. So the person in the in the cloak with the torch saw obviously saw you guys and saw you guys take off running. Yes. Yeah, because we saw the flame start to flicker. Okay. Like if 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 you can imagine someone holding a torch and then rushing, like okay. you, you know, the tip of the flame bent and rushed toward the the uh, clearing. Okay. All right. So you guys jump in the car. You cram in the back of the hatchback. These guys are wondering why they listened to you and why they brought you. Because you're the last guy there, and then they got to stuff you in the hatchback. Oh, <laughs> man, we were pumped, though. It was like, okay. oh, my God, oh, my God, it's them, it's them, it's true, it's all true. Uh, and uh, so we drove around to calm ourselves, and then we decided, well, we, we still didn't have any proof. Oh, boy. <laughs> They're, they're not going to believe it. And you realize that's your fault because you have the camera. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. I, We're not, I'm not it. trying to beat you up, but, you know, come on. This, <laughs> this. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, so the whole point of going back there was to have proof, and they only had our word. So, or we only had our word. So we go back. So we go down the gravel drive. And the, uh, the gate's still open, and we roll past it, and headlights pop up behind us. Oh, boy. 
So you're already yeah. on the. So do these headlights have they been following you on the road, or they popped up after you've already got on the dra- gravel drive? They popped up after we got on the gravel drive. So they were just waiting in the, laying in the weeds, so to speak, for the suckers to come back. Absolutely. <laughs> oh boy! All right. A couple of punk teenagers. They're bound to come back. So. So yeah. So so we roll back there, and uh, you know we're all freaking out telling the driver to turn around because that's the only way in and the only way out. So he goes in the field and gets turned around. And now we're like face to face with these headlights. Like we're about to play chicken or something. And out of the passenger side door comes this real squirrely looking guy, uh, faded t-shirt cut off, real skinny, dark tan, just run, runs up to the, uh, car and starts smacking the windows. You, you kids are all dead. You're all dead. You got no business being back here. You're all dead. You hear me? Boom, boom. And he like, you know, he starts smacking on the hatchback and I'm like looking up like, oh my God. And, uh, <laughs> and so the driver gets out and he's all calm and casual and cool. Tells his buddy to calm down. I don't remember what he said or his name. I don't even think we could have heard him because we had the windows rolled up. Um, and the lock smashed down and, uh, which I guess wouldn't really affect our hearing if the locks were smashed down. But, uh, I know it just <laughs> dawned on me that I remember the passenger just immediately like went smack on the door and locked the door. Um, and so the, the driver of the truck calms down his, 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 uh, his cohort there and they walk over to the driver's side door and he knocks on the glass like he's a police officer or something. And, and the driver cranks the window down about an inch. And uh, and the guy, I think he had a flashlight. He shines it in, you know, blinds us all, and asks for the driver's uh, driver's license. And we're all like, "Don't give it to him! Don't give it to him! Don't give it to him!" You know, we're all we're all scared to death. So he. He, he pulls it out, you know, and the driver's license trembling because he can't keep his hand straight and he slides it rightfully so. And he slides it through the crack and the guy takes a glance at it and shines the light back in on our faces and slides it back through the thing. He gives it back to, to the driver there and uh, and he goes, so uh, why are you guys back here? And we said, oh, we were lo- looking for a party and we got lost and we. We're lo- lo- looking for a place to turn around because, you know, there's still four or five houses back there. And, uh, and he's like, oh, is that right? And he goes, well, this is uh, no trespassing back here. This here's private property. Uh, me and my buddy here live in the house at the end of this uh, drive here. <laughs> the one that's abandoned, clearly yeah. abandoned. Okay. Right. I'm like, you and all the raccoons and possums, huh? Great. And, uh, you know, and we're all so like they know that we're lying and we know that they're lying. So it's kind of an odd situation. Um, and we're like, Oh really? Wow. Okay. Well, sorry about that. And he's like, yeah, we were just out at the grocery store and, uh, we're on our way back home and, uh, saw you guys pull in. So sorry about my friend here. He just gets a little excited. Yeah. He's got groceries. He doesn't, you got to get back to the house. That's hilarious. Yeah. And, uh, and so our, uh, 
the guy in the passenger seat, he says, uh, he goes, oh, yeah, you guys live back in that house, huh? He goes, I thought this used to be an old Girl Scout camp. And the guy, I swear, man, he his eyes narrow and he leans in and he goes, there ain't no more Girl Scouts running through here no more. And we're just like, oh, man. And uh, so, yeah, so uh, he said that he, he told us that he goes, I remember each one of your faces. And if I ever see you back here again, you're going to meet my shotgun. Is that clear? And we're like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, and he uh, they got in the truck and they pulled over to the side and they let us go. No. But the thing is, is like like if he wasn't the one and the cloak holding the torch, how would he know to fall back and hide out in the weeds, so to speak, and wait for somebody to return? Know what I mean? Yeah. Or at least he was they he was a guy yeah, playing he was a part of it maybe he's a guy playing the drums <laughs> you know what was that? You know what Matthew McConaughey talking yeah about. well he sounded he was a little more <laughs> calm and cool and collected maybe he was a little uh you know yeah he had a little Mary Jane and yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask this when you first went up there and you heard the drums you saw the torch you saw the people in the uh, cloaks uh, did you see any cars parked back there we did not which I find strange that there wouldn't be cars. Like, I mean, if, they, if you were having a satanic ritual, let's say, you were going to have 20 people back there, you all ain't climbing in one pickup truck. So where, right. did they, where did they stash their cars? Or was there another entrance to the woods that you just don't know about? That possibly could be, could be right, but I, I'm, I'm telling you, I explored those woods years, years before that, too, and... I think that's the only entrance back to that particular area. Well, how could you could you see that abandoned house from like where you guys were at? I mean, that's on no. further back. So conceivably, they could have drove all their cars back to the abandoned house and been, you know, nobody would have seen them. I would think hoofed it, correct? Yeah. Or they could have pulled into the clearing. Or they were all still at the grocery store. <laughs> uh, correct. I mean. I love somebody was paying with a personal check and they got held up. I would love, you know, I'd almost love to interview those guys and say, "Listen, dude, where did you get? We just came back from the grocery store. Like all the stuff you could have had. Where it came we, from the bar? Yeah, yeah. Thing. We just got off work. We just uh, so you know. so. How many? Right, people? the grocery store. So two guys in their forties who live together on a Friday night, who clearly have had a rough life, just based on their their appearance uh you know they, they had dark dark tans like almost like they're they're tan year round just from working out in the sun all day what, right what, they had deep wrinkles in their faces was the grocery but, store maybe like a members only club in lancaster that you just didn't know about <laughs> it could have been <laughs> so how many people lived in your town at that time, I believe the consensus was 191 people. Oh, boy. And so did you recognize any of the people that, that you saw at this ritual? Those two guys, no. But a few weeks later, so one of the guys who was with us, his parents owned the bar slash pizza shop in town. And he worked there. And uh, a few weeks later he approached me and said, Hey man, that, that driver, I saw him at the bar today. 
he works for he, he works for the company next door so next door to that bar or maybe it's a few shops down it's not there anymore um the actual uh window place as window slash construction i guess um they specialized in windows and framing i think um which is an odd pair but i could be wrong um but yeah that the the driver worked for that guy because he was wearing the company shirt he he was wearing the company shirt the night that he you guys saw him or the night or the day he came into the bar and your buddy saw him the day he came into the bar he came in with a crew of oh okay like like a work crew and they all had the logo shirt on and they were drinking at the bar so so he so was he a guy that lived in the town or just came to the town for work man i don't think he lived in the town he probably lived on the outskirts of town because the town was so small i saw everybody because i like to be outdoors so i was either on my bike or i mean if it was nice out i was outside you know and back then it was the old mom and dad i'm going out you know it's like 10 10 a.m all right be back before you know it's dark okay (laughs) you know and you just wander around and explore and you know so what do you think was going on there that night i don't know i so one of the kids said his grandpa well one of the kids grand not all right a local kid's grandfather lived back there in one of those houses close to the woods and he said oh man my my grandpa hears those drums all the time it's just kids partying and i'm like no 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 it's not kids partying and as i got older and went to college i've been to plenty of bonfires and you know the music played wasn't tribal drums it was you know bob seger (laughs) stone temple pilots and no no uh well no, you just no you didn't get you no, didn't get no invited to the right parties. parties. You didn't get invited to the right parties then. I mean, come on. Uh, so did you I mean did you see any indicia of some type of ritual going on other than I mean obviously wearing the robe and carrying a torch as prima facie evidence that <laughs> yeah. you're doing something that's a little bit out there. No. No, we didn't. Um, that's all we saw and, and heard. So so so, so obviously, then the guy that was the driver shows up at the bar. He had a terrible memory if he did not remember the guy that was in the car working at the bar, probably serving him. Well, right. he wasn't working at the bar. He was too young. You see, he, but he, he worked in the pizza side of the business. Oh, okay, okay. And they were both attached. All right, okay. So I guess he, he wandered to the bathroom or you know, dropped off a pizza at the bar and he noticed him before the guy noticed him. Now, when we talked, we talked before, did, did you mention to me that the guy who owned the framing and the window place also owned, you thought owned that piece of property back there? Oh, he did back then. Yeah. I don't know if he still does, but oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So, 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 so let's start the, putting two, two, two together yeah. and 12 carry five. Oh God, that yeah, <laughs> would be like so, 0.75. So the property I suck at that. that this ritual took place on was owned by the guy who owned the business that the guy that worked. the creepy guy worked at. Correct. So if you start extrapolating this out, you have one of two scenarios. One, 
the guy who owned the business is in on this and is part of the mm-hmm. ritual, mm-hmm. or right. two, this creepy guy knew the guy owned the, the land and figured he could go back there and do that. The, but that doesn't make sense because the teenagers that were older than you who had talked to you and told you stories said that this had been going on for years. So that leads me to believe that the owner of the business was probably the ringleader using his property. So that begs the question, you live in a town of 191 people, how many of those people were in on these rituals? Right. Indeed. Yeah. And I and I got to I got to think that a guy that in a town that size that owns a framing and window business is probably a very influential uh, respected person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they that family was financially successful. I, they they lived about ten miles outside of town. Whoa, boy! <laughs> Maybe they were successful because they were in league with Beelzebub himself. There you go. There you go. What? Well, so okay. So now we obviously we all went to school. We know how word travels about stuff that happens on the weekend. How quick was it before everybody in, in your little school knew what you guys had done? Oh, Monday we were rock stars. Monday we were rock stars. All right. So we had people coming up. Man, me and my uncle are going to go out there. We're going to get his his uh, hunting gear, and we're 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 going to grab him. We're we're going to get him. And I'm like, no, dude, no, we're not taking guns back there. We're done. We're done with it. We are never going back there again. Now I've been as close as to the gates since that's happened. I mean, I'm 39 now. I was 15 when it happened. So you're talking 24 years ago. And I still won't go beyond those gates, not only because of that, but also because it says no trespassing, and I, I can be put oh. in jail for that. Well, now I'm be back there snooping. Yeah. But hey, you already admitted you could read back then when you were fifteen. Have <laughs> no criminal record. So, so, uh, so, so I'm curious. So, your parents were they from this area too? Like, I mean, where you grew no, up? No, no. We we had moved there about six years prior. Okay through these events so yeah. so obviously um your your parents have heard this story that you oh yeah and they didn't believe us they did they didn't believe you at the time do they still not believe you yeah, i don't know i mean I think if, they, they, well my, my my dad just kind of smiles and he's like yeah i remember that like, well, do you believe me? Uh, I, I don't know. Well, I just, I mean, if you kid, if the kids in the in the community are aware this is going on, and the kids older than you, and if we're going to go with the judge's theory here that this has probably been going on for a long time, then the older generation, the generation uh, above older than you, has to know some of these stories and probably has experienced some of this stuff too. So I wonder. Um, I mean, I just find it odd that you, that just you guys went back there and that's it. The question you know? is how many people yeah. in your town was in on this? Yeah. I mean, you know, you're going to school yucking it up when it could be your math or science teacher yeah. is one of the people <laughs> was in the rows. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they could want to keep it secret. How did you do in school after that? Did you get all – were you a CD student and suddenly became all A's or vice <laughs> <laughs> I was a B student. Yeah, I say the C same thing. Math. I say the same thing too. I was really a D student, so it's okay. <laughs> I get smarter I th- in my so own. I was above it? average <laughs> in some courses. So, so I think gym and art. The... I really excelled in gym and art. Gym and art. Yes. <laughs> gym and art. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I I was the only one who actually lived in town. So my other friend lived closer to those woods, um, but he hadn't heard anything since then or since that night, I should say. Uh, And his parents have since moved away because they just started building left and right out there. Um, Lots of uh, uh, new builds developments and whatnot so is that um, is that property still stand as it did or is it has man it... when did i do that show when was that like three years ago uh as of now it's it's still like that because i took the uh producer and the um photographer of that te- of that tv show back there just to get a you know a few shots if they wanted to use it for the show and i took them back to where the the uh, gate is I don't know if they used it or not. I haven't seen the, the, the episode that was actually aired because um, I don't have cable. But uh, Well, you're a TV star. You should be able to afford cable. <laughs> I know. It's terrible, right? Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, did you did you guys, does the same guy still own the property? Or don't you, I mean, did you I, not, have you not investigated it that far? I have not investigated it that far. I mean, that right there is a, if that guy still owns that property. That's would be all you would. I mean, that would tell me all I needed to know that something mm-hmm. is probably still going on back there, and that that guy something is afoot in there. Yeah, town. I mean, I've seen enough Datelines and and twenty twenty special editions to know that uh, you know where, like you said, where there's smoke, there's fire, or at least a guy in a robe carrying a torch. Jerry, we know you can't read, but the judge has already said you can't use that as an excuse for seeing the no trespassing sign. Especially if he's with us. We can't yeah. say we didn't see yeah. it. You can't go past the no trespassing sign. Maybe no, if we go the other days. way. Know that Jerry's one. written me three notes asking about the moaning woman again. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> the it's, woman. it's hillbilly eyes wide shut. Hillbilly eyes wide shut. Eyes wide shut. Listen, you're like not it. making it any less appealing for Jerry to want to investigate. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. But so, but I mean so so with so now that I've said it, I mean, what else could it have possibly have been besides? What I, besides an actual rit, rit, oh, excuse me, besides an actual ritual or some sort of uh, kinky sex party. I mean, what are the other options? Well, and we just, and, and we discussed this a little bit before we, we even got on with you was that time, especially in Ohio, was, yeah. was the, satanic, satanic panic. Panic is what the, they uh, coined it. Yeah. Yes. And there was, I mean, there was stuff. You know, every weekend you'd hear somebody say, oh, I, I drove by. Uh, we have a big stone quarry uh, north of Bucyrus here, uh, okay. Nas- National Lyman Stone. And it encompasses two country blocks at least. And so they had bought up, you know, they bought up every house and tore it down and they just keep expanding. So that part of the county, there's really not a lot of people that live right around the stone quarry, but people, even as a couple weeks ago, a guy that we went to school with called me up. He lives in South Dakota and uh, was saying, hey, you know, I don't know if you could use this on the show, but I remember a couple times cutting through there and uh, back in the early 90s and you'd see bonfires in the woods and you'd see this and, and you know, and stuff that 
was just totally out of place back there. And your mind just, you know, it can be just somebody burning trash, you know, or somebody right. roasting marshmallows. It's like, oh, God, what are they doing? You know, what are they doing? Having there? parties. Yeah, well, having parties. Stories. I mean, we heard stories as kids of, of this very similar situations where, you know, devil worshippers, things like that, went to these woods. My dad, I can't remember the exact location of the woods, but he told me a story. You know, went back there and there were animal bones and different things like that. Uh, you know, spray paints on trees and weird markings and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, you know, this was right there in that time well, frame. Well, you just wonder, like, um, would you, would you, first of all, would you really trespass on somebody else's land to conjure up the devil? It's not really a, I don't think it's a fact of whether who owns that land, it's the properties of the land itself. Is that what you know? people to Is that, do what that. You, Okay. But you got to understand also back then it literally became part of the culture. Like even the uh, kids' games, like the Dungeons and Dragons games, um, people were talking about that uh, that was evil. They were saying that kids were oh, yeah. conjuring spirits and I'm things sorry, like I that. Missed, I'm sorry. I, I play that Dungeons and Dragons now, 5th edition. And <laughs> it's, it's very interesting. He says that he's wearing a shirt with a dragon on it. Yeah, it is. It? But uh, that right there is not a Dungeons and Dragons dragon. That is a that is an Eastern. Uh, it's an Eastern dragon. Yes. Eastern dragon. Well, well, the other the other thing that came to uh, came to mind, and I wrote down uh, on the on the paper and showed it to the judge. And if the judge will be kind enough to share the the story as he knows it and the actual facts behind the story, <laughs> it's a similar. Um, we have a place north of town that when we were kids, it was called Pig's Alley, okay? And it's this little, you guys laugh, it's called Pig's Alley. And, I'm, and we're not trying to promote Sean's uh, other book. Not the yet. Pig, the Pig Man, not yet. But uh, it was this little, we would call it a farm lane, but actually. Yeah. It's a dedicated road. It was an, actually, an actual road. And it went back into a field, made a big dog leg to the left, left and came out on the to a state route to yeah. a state route. So, and, so, so go I ahead. I grew up. On, I grew up on a dairy farm. First nine years of my life, and on that dairy farm, um, you know, I the dairy farm was just down the road. Of, you know, you could hit a baseball to it. We lived in one of the, the farm properties. You know, as a rental, with a barn and an orchard, and there were animals. Well, right behind that orchard in the house we lived in was Pig's Alley. Pig's Alley. So I grew up on Pig's Alley, and there was all sorts of, oh, folklore, mythology about what had happened, you know, a house that was there and different things. And, and uh, so my uncles on my mom's side decided to take advantage of that <laughs> sort of, you know, story and, and went and, and told people that, you know, there's all this stuff going on on Pig's Alley to induce them to go out there. And then they would dress up in scary costumes and different things like that and and jump out in front of cars and and they would do stuff like, you know, they would spread it like, well, you know, you're supposed to go there, turn the lights out on your car, and of course they'd jump out and start beating on the windows and stuff like that. And so therefore... For a summer, it seemed like, you know, when the corn was decent height, that's how they would do this. You would, you would have all night long, you'd see people driving down Pig's Alley. Yeah. Until one night, uh, you know, a guy pulled a gun out and started shooting. 
<laughs> and that was that was it for my uncles with their their pig's eye hoaxes. But but all was based upon. Yeah, yeah. It was it and and you're talking. So when your uncle did this, how we were what nine, ten, eleven was years nine, old. Ten years old. So the, so this story was still going around when we were in high school oh, and beyond. And it evolved into and there was an old house back there. Mm-hmm. And in fact. Uh, um, somebody we had on the podcast earlier, Tim Schiffer, mm-hmm. said his dad, so his dad would have been about the same as your uncle, right. maybe a little older, Probably. that uh, you know they had heard the stories and they would drive back there. And that one night there was an old lady sitting in front of the, in the chicken coop, like sitting on an old rocking chair in front of this old chicken coop out there. Because there was an old abandoned house. Right. And, you know, and the stories we heard that it was like a, orphanage and it had burnt down yeah, and all these kids died and the the, right. the melon head like the mongoloids mongoloids they go mongoloids. mongoloids that was the the term of art back when we were kids not knowing that mongoloids is an actual yeah considered actual race for people from far east but mongoloids but so <laughs> there was this story that was per, was pervasive that this house whether it was used as an orphanage or, or whatever, but they had these kids there who were deformed. They called them mongoloids. And that, you know, the place burned down and those kids got loose and they've been creeping around ever since. But there's multiple stories from different towns that yeah, have similar Yeah, stories. the, uh, the Melonhead kids. But that was an actual right. place was, where the guy was doing research. He was doing research right. and right. the kids got out and burnt the place down and killed him. So, but you know, the thing about the Mongols is, like, I like I remember my dad telling stories that that he knew somebody who would drive by there and the kids would be outside and they were just, like, profoundly deformed. And they would see a car and they would run in the house because they would Oh, you know. boy. I need to go there. So, 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 when, so when you're talking about this, so we're discussing this place that, that you were at, Sean, that's, that's what reminded me of. I wonder how much of it was... Um, you know, people wanting to get people out there to to scare them with you know nothing really going on because you guys as a group had had decided hey we're gonna we're all gonna go out there. Do you think any of those guys told any of their other friends, any of your other friends that we're going out there and the word got around, let's go out and, and scare them? Man, I don't think so. And if they did, hats off to them for the <laughs> I just I, pra- practical joke of the freaking. Century. I mean, that's yeah. That, that was yes. To yeah. keep keep that secret that long, but the crazy thing is, is it's like all right, Friday the thirteenth, full moon, and we just so happen to go back there, and there's activity. Like mm-hmm. that, that's just so strange to me. Um, yeah, it's it's wild. I, I I'm I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on the old lady in the rocking chair. That yeah, that's what uh, my jaw fell open. Yeah, the uh, I think my heart stopped for a minute. And the, and here's the crazy thing is 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 uh, so this guy that was on the podcast he grew up down the road from me and we where we grew up there was two houses on a on a mile out in the country and he was right. just a kid and that place that his. Uh, he grew up in when I was a little kid, like seven, eight years old, was an old lady called her name was Pet Spittler. And she w- had a chicken coop and, and was old, was the old kind of spindly lady that you could imagine 
you know, just sitting there with a grin on her face as she rocked on her chicken or in front of her chicken coop counting her eggs, you know. And so it was Ooh. funny that yeah, it's and well, and he told us that after they bought the house after she died, that stuff happened in that house. And I used to ba- I'd go down and babysit him, him and his sister, uh, and it was, I, you know, it was a creepy house, you know, but. But yeah, he said that uh, that old house had a chicken coop beside it, and so in the 70s at some point, his dad with some friends drove back there, and at that point, somebody must have still been living there, and the old lady was sitting out in in the front of the chicken coop, one light bulb on behind her, just sitting in the rocking chair. Oh my gosh! Okay, (laughs) and when I when we say this road, I mean this was nothing but a stone path. Oh yeah, and yeah. and like I said, with the, the one car. Oh yeah, one car, and you couldn't have drove out of that more than thirty miles an hour. Mm. Thirty miles an hour. I mean, yeah, it was all it was, it was terrible. It was terrible. I mean, it should have never. I don't. I mean, I think it was probably only a road because somebody lived there in the early 1900s. That's how my friend's house, the one that I'm talking about, coming on here in the cabin. It's nothing but a. Um, gravel to get up in his house. That makes for a bumpy ride. It is, especially mm-hmm. it's uphill too. So okay, so you so you survived the uh, trip. Nobody's you know nobody's saying anything. I mean, do you guys do you still get together with uh, those guys and talk about this story? I mean, are they as forthcoming uh, to talk about breaking the law and trespassing as you are, or? <laughs> well, one of them is a police officer now. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I ran into him uh, last year, actually. I was having dinner with a friend, and he just stopped by. I haven't seen him since high school. Uh, so, no, we're not in touch. I mean, we, we can get in touch, I'm sure. I don't have Facebook anymore, but uh, with technology now, it's pretty easy to get to get in touch. I, I just want some I, sort of reunion or something. That'd be. I just I wonder don't know. what they're... I, I think... I, I would venture to guess that they wouldn't have any interest in it because they probably just kind of put it behind them. But I like uh, I like scary things. I, I like horror. I like supernatural. Um, so it's kind of stuck with me. Oh yeah. So so what are you doing now? You've sort of used this as an experience to springboard you into endeavors into the horror and paranormal. So tell us what you're doing. Oh uh, well, uh, to make money. I'm a plumber, um, but the other side is, uh, well, besides being a father and husband, is I'm a writer. Uh, so I, I use the experience to, uh, to uh, oh, what's the word? Inspire you? It. Yes! <laughs> so I wrote a book called Autumn Dark, and it's inspired by those events. Now, I was talking to Shane uh, we, we had a long talk before this interview or before this, uh, this program. And he, uh, he actually threw a lot of great ideas my way. Like, Oh man, with this, you, you, you could do this, you could do that. You could, and I'm thinking, Oh man, I blew it. Cause I already wrote the book and none of that's in there. <laughs> no, but, uh, I apologize. but yeah, so, so it inspired autumn dark. Um, and it's kind of uh, the, so the old Girl, Girl Scout camp is in there, and it's kind of the genesis of where the evil comes from that haunts a small town called Woodrow, a.k.a. Lithopolis. Hee hee. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so I write books. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm a writer now. Um, I got three published books and working hard on some others. So, well, uh, we we played like uh, I mentioned the Pig Man. We played a little bit of the audio uh, book here. Uh, I wanted these guys to get a little taste of your style of writing. And the thing that kind of really jumped out at us, it was so Stephen King-like, okay? And I mean, and I went and I read the reviews on all your stuff, and that's one thing that keeps jumping out, is people comparing you to Stephen King, as far as just the the cadence and the, uh, the rhythm of, of your storytelling. Uh, I mean, is that somebody, obviously, that probably inspires you, I'm guessing? Oh, yeah, man. And I got to be honest, I, I, I think he shows up in a lot of people's works uh, and not just in horror either. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's, if not the best, one of the best to ever do it, I think, in in any genre. Yeah. And absolutely. I just turn and I just turn to the left here and I'm staring at my bookshelf. And yeah, King dominates my book collection. <laughs> I have almost all of Stephen King's books. I love Stephen but King. But have you read them? Oh, yeah. Gosh. Okay, all right. Okay. Yes, I know. I have a bunch of Stephen King books too, but I just haven't read them. I have, just... The only one I don't have is one I want is The Shining. It's one of my favorite ones. And you don't have The Shining? I have uh, almost every one but that one, I believe. My mom had him. She passed him down to me. Well, now you know. That's a great which, mom. Yeah, now you know which one she. <laughs> Me and she my mom are both into that kind of horror stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the so the pig man. I just got to tell you, the the audio book was pretty creepy. Okay. Um, Sean, it was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's my first well, effort too at a, at something longer than a short story. So I really appreciate that. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't, I, well, I guess with any buddy's first work, they think that, you know, it's not that good, but I guess when, whenever you do something creative, you, you get better as you go along. So be, because that was so yeah. long ago that, that I wrote that, I look back on it like, I could have wrote that <laughs> sentence so, a lot better, but. So the pig man came before autumn dark or. Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. So it was the pig man, uh, came first. It's considered a, a novella. Um, well, that's a book. Same, same difference. And then I self-published Autumn Dark and uh, a short story collection called A Looking In View shortly after that. And then I sold a story um, to Death's Head Press called uh, Dig Two Graves. Uh, it's a revenge anthology. It's in volume one of Dig Two Graves. And then the band so Perry my... completely stole that title. And... <laughs> and uh... That's a good song. Though. That is a good song. I wish I had been part of writing it. <laughs> so if somebody was interested in, in, in getting one of your books, how would they find it? Amazon. Just Amazon. Now, Amazon. You... I, I think Kobo. I think uh, iBooks. Um, Barnes & Noble Online. Okay. Now, do you... Um, so the... Uh, so Evil Encounters episode 104, Touched by the Devil. That's the episode that this story is on. How? So you have not watched that? Is that what you said? You have not. All watched right. Well, that? I well, well, they sent me a rough cut. Okay. Uh, they sent me a rough cut DVD, and to be honest, I hate the sound of my voice, and I don't want to watch it just because I guess I'm bashful that way, more embarrassed. I can't tell which. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I I saw clips of it because they sent me a link. And yeah, it, 
to use your your word, uh, they definitely sensationalized the story to make it more appealing and more creepy for for uh, viewers. I get that, but I mean, I got to be honest with you: the story that you told is pretty sensational and, and creepy. Too. Pretty <laughs> creepy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, anybody. I mean, I'm sure anybody listening, whether they snuck back to a, a Girl Scout camp. Okay, or an abandoned house. They've all done something where it was right there on the verge of you're not supposed to be back here, you're not supposed to be doing this, you shouldn't be out this late. I mean, Jerry does that every day. Okay. There's a pending restraining order right now. Oh, no, Jerry. A few. For life. <laughs> Stay away from the Girl Scout kids. Stay away from the Girl Scout kids. Okay. Closed it's all about the cookies, though. It's, all, it's all about the cookies. Okay. But I think anybody listening, it, I'm sure it takes them right back to that time in their life, okay, 15, 16, 17 years old, doing something that you shouldn't be doing, and all of a sudden it takes a, a complete left turn, you know. Like and a horror movie. Yeah, it turns into a horror. It, turns it into has a all the great elements yeah. of a horror movie. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I know atheists who have had supernatural things happen, and they can't explain it. They're like, well, I don't know what that was. I can't explain it. That's all. That's all, that's the only way I can understand this is that I can't explain it. And it's just wild that the more people you meet and the more comfortable they get around you, sometimes, you know, you, you can, uh, you learn that almost everyone has a story, maybe not to the extreme in which, you know, we all have, but at some point or another, They've been somewhere, done something, saw something that they couldn't quite explain, that didn't quite make sense, and it uh, scared them. Like, well, you know, the, it's, the scariest part of this, and I think the judge and I talked about this, was is that this is, I mean, that's real. Like people are out there dressed in a robe, burn, you know, have a torch. Some guys yeah. jumped out and beat on your car. I mean, it wasn't like it was that a ghost? Was that? Did we see Bigfoot or what? This is like real people that right. then in right. turn live in the community. And, right. you know, that is the scariest part is not knowing who. Well, it's, you know, you go to school, like, like we said, maybe your teacher's part of this, this, this yeah. group, and maybe you're the, the local doctor or the guy that owns the window and frame. Yeah, the the Probably or the chair. all of the top members of that community had a, some part in this. If it's been going on that long, and if it's that pronounced and people are just living with it as if nothing's there, it's probably and something. What, what better place to, to do that than in a town with only 191 inhabitants? Yeah, because, because the bottom line is is control controlling the information, you yes. know, controlling who knows, controlling uh, you know, what is happening and making sure that everybody's on board. If you're not on board... Then we'll make sure that and maybe you'll be the person that's moaning yeah. in pain out in the woods. Yeah, and Jerry, probably, so right. well, so and now, Jerry. you have the connection up with somebody who has deep pockets, right? Yes, right. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah. So all of that kind of together kind of makes for it. Yeah. I mean, and I told you when we were talking, it. I said, "Has anybody written this script? Because we got to write this the script." I mean, it almost it almost writes itself as far as like what <laughs> well, begs to be written. Yeah. Cause yeah. This, I mean, to me, the scariest part is, is that it is real people and that the, the scary part is afterwards, yeah. you know, afterwards going to the, you know, town and somebody drives by or they drive them by cause they, 
you know, or seeing you out in the yard, making sure you are, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, all we, that's, all we need to do know. now is add Jerry to the story and it'd be good. Oh God. Well then it becomes a, <laughs> the, Jerry, the a science fiction. <laughs> Send me out there. I will do recon on the place. Oh, <laughs> all right. You're doing well, okay, Sean. So, so do you feel safe taking Jerry out to this place? <laughs> Sure. It's, okay. it's okay. You can say no. I'll take him to the gate. I'll take it. Take him to the gate. Take him to the gate. Jerry, it's on. <laughs> Can't wait. Well, so, you gotta go with me. So you the interesting me, thing is, and this everything. was a nice segue into, then we kind of got off. Was mm-hmm. you talk about people? Just about everybody you talk to, if they will open up to you, has something's happened to them, unexplained, and that's the reason why we created this podcast. And we've said it multiple times. From the Shadows podcast was sort of the brainchild of, of Grover and I from talking about, you know, there's all kinds of people out there who have experienced things such as ourselves, but were too embarrassed, too afraid to tell anybody about it for fear that you'd be ridiculed, called a liar, you're an idiot, you're making this up. And so people don't tell these stories. So we created this podcast as a form to for people to reach out to us or to listen and to share their experiences, to know that they're not going to be judged uh, criminally by me. (laughs) (laughs) Nor are you going to be judged in in terms of of what did you see, what did you hear, because um, obviously people have these experiences and they know what they've seen and they know what they've heard and uh, gives them a chance to to tell other people. And then compare notes. You know, my, my story starts off, you know, when I was a teenager, and being stalked, basically, and chased by a dog man, who I later found out was a dog man, didn't know what it was when I was a kid. Uh, there was no frame of reference for me. Had this podcast existed or things like this, when I was a kid, I could have, you know, found out more information than it's taken however many years to be able to do that. So we encourage all of our listeners um, or people out there to reach out. You can reach us by email or Twitter or Facebook if you want to share us a story. And even if you don't want to come on, you just want to, somebody that's willing to listen. I, I, I got to believe there's a lot of people with stories like Sean's. That, well, I believe so. You know, a lot of people. Oh, yeah, and I've heard them too. And this <laughs> is a platform where people can reach out and feel secure. And hopefully, as this platform grows, We'll have different people that can actually can help you to uh, figure out what you've been dealing with or what you potentially uh, may be involved in. Now, Sean, now, Sean, there is a now. There's an idea for a book: collecting the stories from the Satanic Panic of uh, of the early '90s, late '80s in Ohio. From you can go back as far as the mid '70s. Oh yeah, yeah but Sean, he oh, was, yeah. Sean wasn't even born then. So we'll, you know, we don't want to. It'd be interesting to get somebody who came forward who was participating oh, in those yeah. rituals and has now said, "Hey, look, when I was a younger person, I got wrapped up in this occult stuff, and these are the things we were doing, and here's the rituals that, that we were doing." Do you think you ever really get out of that, though? I don't know that you ever do. It's like once you're in, you're in. How do you get out? Ask Jerry. Ask <laughs> Jerry. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I was never into that crazy stuff. Well, Sean, this, Sean, this was a this was a great interview. It was awesome hearing your story. I'm hoping that uh, the listeners out there uh, maybe it, it jogs memory, and they will jump on uh, jump on our Facebook page, our uh, After the Shadows forum page, and maybe share some of their stories, uh, and we can uh, maybe bring you back to maybe even moderate a uh, 
Satanic Panic episode where we take get some listener listener stories on here. Hey, that'd be great. You know, I really appreciate you all having me on today and uh, talk, talking about my book and my experience and all that. And I got to tell you, I've been going through the archive, man, and you guys are doing a great job with this. So keep it up. Oh, we appreciate, appreciate that. Yeah, thank, we you. Appreciate thank you. That. Thank you very much. And for our listeners out there, go to Amazon. Check out some of uh, Sean's books. Uh, you know, we listened oh. to a sampling yeah. of the audio book. Is, it was as if Christopher Walken was telling the story. <laughs> yeah. One of my, yeah. one of my yeah. favorite, so. one of my favorite actors of all time. And, and so, I'm definitely going to listen to the to the Pigman. So, yeah. So if you can, if you can find the show Evil Encounters episode 104, Touched by the Devil, um, go go check that out. And then Sean. Uh, Sean's books are Autumn Dark and The Pig Man, right? Those are the two that, that people can look up and find you on Amazon. Yeah, and if short stories are your thing, I have a collection called A Looking In View. Okay. Yeah, and I think when I looked it up on Amazon, that came up. A Looking In View. A Looking In View. Okay. I, I love short and, stories. And, Stephen King's short stories are the best. Yes. Night it's Shift a, was the first horror book that I read. And now we'll, oh, yeah. and we'll, have, a li- we'll have a link to Sean's uh, Amazon page. But anybody that uh, just wants to go Google him, his last name, his first name is S-E-A-N, Sean, and his last name is spelled S-E-E-B-A-C-H, right? Yep. All right. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Alicia. So... There you go, everybody. Sean Seba, go check out uh, go check out his books and uh, check out the episode of Evil Encounters. And uh, well, and if we'll... you uh, and if you out there have heard a story similar to Sean's from when you were a kid, feel free to share it with us. Yep, we'd love to hear it. So, thank you for coming on the podcast, Sean, and yep. I look forward to having you back. Yep. All, yep. all right, that sounds like a great time. Thanks a lot, folks. I appreciate it. Take yep. care. Thank yep. you. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, a final word. Please visit us on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash from the shadows podcast and on our Instagram page at instagram.com forward slash from the shadows podcast. You can visit our webpage at from the shadows podcast godaddysites.com or contribute to our Facebook discussion page called After the Shadows and tweet us on our Twitter feed at twitter.com forward slash podcast underscore from Thank you for joining us and we look forward to hearing from you all Until next time Never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.